and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. All right, it's uh, the Brad and Brit cast for this week. It's our last one for this week. Uh, that means we try extra, not hard. Correct. Oh, surely by now you're receiving the notifications that uh, actor James Kahn has passed away at the age of 82. I saw that. You know, yeah. I think, I think he was a fantastic really was. actor who, for some reason, didn't get credit in the way that he should. And there were some times where he certainly was you know, applaud, but I just thought he put himself all in every time. Am I, I'm not, I'm not the only one to notice that, but I just think he didn't get his due. Very much typecast and very much as a man's man, sort of in the, I don't know if it's in the Steve McQueen vein, but he's kind of that sort of guy. Best known, of course, for being Sonny Corleone. What was the great Sonny Corleone joke? If he only would have had easy pass, he could have avoided so much tragedy. <laughs> But also the star oh, wait, of one way, way to spoil the movie, Britt. <laughs> yeah, I destroyed it. You wrecked it for everybody that hasn't seen it. Um, but also the star of probably the greatest football movie of all time, Brian's Song, right? Probably probably the greatest football film ever. I'm not I'm not even gonna engage that that uh, um, unfounded, fully <laughs> opinionated statement with no basis. In fact, but go you ahead. Can, you can talk about the longest yard. You can talk about North Dallas Forty or no, semi tough or any of those. But I think I think Brian's song stands up over time. Not gonna, not gonna engage you on. It. Not gonna engage you on. It. All right, we'll come up with a better one. Come up with a better football movie than Brian's song. I said I'm not gonna engage you. Uh, on that's it. right. You just say. Sometimes you just say things. Yes. And if I, I'm I'm going to pass on that one. I think I think it's 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 pretty well it holds up, but yeah, uh, James Conn left us at the age of eighty two. His uh, son Scott has been a, a very well known actor, very well received in the Ocean's movies for one thing. He's also in the reboot of Hawaii Five O. You see him on that. He's about to turn forty six. That's how old Scott Conn is. So, uh, any other good bio info you want to get out here? Well, <laughs> apparently Scott Conn's uh, godfather was a member of the of the Colombo crime family. Because Jimmy Kahn made uh, friends with those people when he was filming a certain film in the early 70s. There's some good trivia. That's yeah. one that we didn't know. You like that one. Okay. There you go. There's also a list of stuff that he turned down, including Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah. I'm assuming that would be the Dustin Hoffman role, allegedly, which would be pretty interesting. <laughs> no, it was the Meryl Streep role, you dummy. <laughs> well, that would have been great. I would I, I, like stop me from watching that movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, now to. Uh, what you used to call in fifth grade current events. Let's go to current events here. Yeah. You know what? It just occurred to me. That would be a great name for the Brad, the Brad and Brit cast. Current, current events. events. Yeah. Nobody uses that anymore. Nobody uses that phrase anymore. But it, everybody knows. You know what uh, I noticed today? And this is just lame as shit. You can, you can beat me up. I don't care if you do. Um, but when there are... Uh, phrases or slogans out of the past that you don't think much about that have survived the test of time and actually made it into the the vernacular i go you know what somebody thought of that somebody wrote that years ago never thought it would become a thing but it has become a thing and you know what i was thinking of when i i, I saw it today because i don't know what i was watching maybe it was the 
it's probably like the halftime report on on uh, CNBC, and and somebody used the phrase, "the rubber hits the road." Okay. Yeah. Well, how often do you hear that? You hear that all the time, all the time that, yeah. and everybody knows what that means. When the rubber hits the road means when it really matters, when it really counts, when it starts to, to be um, in, in, in the reality of what's going right. Everybody knows what that means. And, of course, unless I'm wrong, I didn't check this, that comes from a Firestone tire jingle in the 1960s when maybe they were doing it in the 40s. Possibly. But it was, you know, it was the Firestone tire jingle of which again sickly sadly there's something that you know from 60 years ago stuck in my head and i know the whole thing and i know where the rubber meets the red so where wherever wheels are turning no matter what the load the name that's known as firestone when the rubber meets the road and that's it it's it's there forever and i don't know who the guy was that wrote the jingle but shouldn't he get a royalty isn't he at least as, as uh, um, worthy of lifetime income, <laughs> or should have been, as other shit that has made people way, way too much money, like the guy who invented the pet rock and things of that sort. What do you think? Uh, there is a, from a website that you've never heard of that may or may not have any credibility. The first use of this phrase was in 1956 in a newspaper called the Mount Vernon Register News, Brad. Okay. Someone asked, how much is it going to cost? Well, let's get down to where the rubber meets the road. 1956 okay. is the first time they can find any uh, use of it. First American modern usage uh, in, in any sort of publication was 1966. It is in the Modern American Usage, a guide by Wilson Follett. So by 1966, it had entered, the phrase had entered the modern vernacular and was used pretty commonly. Well, except nobody knows that. Nobody remembers that. But, no. but everyone of the age remembers the Firestone jingle. Yeah. So where does it, where does it mention that? It doesn't mention that. See, so the the, the, the this website has no credibility. And what is that website? It's DonaldTrumpIsYourPresident.com. dot com. Okay. I, I thought um, I thought it sounded it sounded legitimate to me, and I I didn't. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I I'm 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 standing by my uh, original <laughs> supposition there. The, Let's the, move on. <laughs> the Firestone Company, Firestone Tire, right, right. Um, Akron, Ohio, correct. Yep, Akron, Ohio. Boy, have those uh, guys been in the news lately, huh? A little unfortunate yeah. there. Uh, Donald Trump's favorite Beatles song is Taxman, and in what has to be, what has to be the least surprising new little tentacle falling off of you know Donald Trump's ass, it's that, and uh, again, we're on a podcast, so we don't have to use allegedly, some people think, yeah. It may have been. Yeah. Um, no, Donald Trump sicked the Internal Revenue Service on James Comey and Andrew McCabe back in uh, 2018 and 2019 and had them audited up the ass. Mm-hmm. These are people who uh, piss Trump off. <laughs> These are people who pissed him off at various occasions. Right. The the uh, name of the audit, which is beyond what you would normally get, where they send you a letter and you have to verify things, maybe have an interview and you're done, is called the autopsy without benefit of death. So this is where 
they completely go up your ass. Autopsy without benefit of death. Yes. I like that. 153 million tax returns per year right now. It's about the uh, the number. And out of that, 5,000 people only get this kind of audit. So James Cone, and so the, the math on that is one out of 30,000 yeah. gets that kind of audit. Yeah. So if you take one out of 30,000, James Comey, and then you multiply it by one out of 30,000, Andrew McCabe, Again, I had to get my Uniblab computer out. To, that's uh, one in 900 million that you would be able to find two exact people out of 130 million to, to get that. That, that. Not just one, but that's like two holes in one in a row kind of thing, kind of odds. Like right? some Kim Jong-un shit there, yeah. Right, right, that good. And maybe that's not the way you calculate that, but for the purposes of the discussion, it's pretty. it's close enough. It would be. Uh, and, and naturally, the head of the IRS right now, who, by the way, is a Donald Trump holdover. Again, you, you got to you got to question things like this. You know, wh- why is it a Donald Trump holdover who's running the IRS? But OK, you can't fire everybody at once. I get that. Uh, and of course, the guy says, oh, no, we didn't we didn't do anything like that. Uh, these are all career uh, employees at the IRS. They were bullshit. It doesn't matter. This is a fucking mob boss. This is the mafia. It's not Donald Trump didn't write a memo. He didn't send an email. He didn't text anybody. Mm -hmm. He said, get it done in so many words. And there's somebody that can testify to this. And I hope it comes up at another special session of the January 6th committee. They've got reasons to keep adding programs, don't they? This this is a violation in and of itself that is such an egregious crime. And yeah. we've we've talked about this. I think we talked about it on the last podcast. It's going to be something that is not what we might think it would be that ends up nailing Trump. It isn't just going to be what happened on January 6th alone. It's going to be something else. It, it's going to be like catching uh, Al Capone not paying his taxes. In this case, uh, Nixon Nixon yeah. w- was up the ass in, in putting out an enemies list and then having people on the enemies list audited by the IRS. And and they could have gotten him on that, but, you know, he resigned before everything could... So th- This is unbelievable. If but, this was just... If this was the only thing you knew about Donald Trump, he should have been impeached. Interestingly, <laughs> interestingly, prior to the Trump administration, Republicans had famously defanged and de-weaponized the Internal Revenue Service, right? Taking away a lot of their auditory and, and, and power and stuff, thinking that it would had gone too far. Uh, but apparently under Donald Trump, eh, it's time to go ahead and throw some missiles at some people, especially the assholes that have pissed off Donald Trump. Well, uh, well you're, you're speaking in broad terms. You know, I'm sure they've always had the ability, Sure. no matter what kind of reforms sure. there are, to if something is a red flag, that they can audit you. And I'm, you know, uh, according to everything I've read here, according to the reporting, even you know, in the New York Times, the original reporting, they have still randomly picked 5,000 people to go to go tough on. I'm sure these aren't the people at the bottom of the income scale. It shouldn't be. You got to audit where the money is. Of course you do. Um, so they've, they've still been doing that. And 
who is the biggest liar in the history of the world about their tax audit? Who is it? It's Trump, right? It's, it's just Trump because he pretended to use that. He didn't pretend. He did try to use that as an excuse for not releasing his undoubtedly crooked tax returns, which have been heavily audited year after year after year. And rightfully so. We know that's true. There's no question about it. So who else would be the most likely person to try to turn that on other people? Of course, it's Trump. This, this, this one is so easy. You know, even a caveman could, could audit. Could figure that they could. This is not a problem. This one's this was so. And by the way, if you'd like to play whataboutism, don't you remember that scandal during the Obama administration about yeah. the IRS? Yeah, remember that? I do. You remember that? Which turned out to be oh, a yeah. big. That was a nothing burger, if I may uh, coin a phrase. Yeah. Turned out to well, be a huge, you know massive nothing burger. Well, because what was the char- the charge was that the IRS was obviously on Obama's direct order, singling out conservatives to get audited. So they had hearings. They had congressional hearings. And there was no evidence that this was going on. And liberals had been audited also. And the FBI investigated this. And what did they find? Nothing. So... Uh, I think you're wrong. It wasn't a nothing burger. It was a double nothing burger with cheese. <laughs> I love some cheese on my nothing burger. Right, right. So, of course, it's always projection. It's always whataboutism. But there can't be any in this particular case because. And, and by the way, just to, as, as an aside, I was thinking, this, I can't think of two people who just without knowing them, but just knowing their public persona. Who would be less likely to try to cheat on their taxes in actuality than than James Comey, former head of the uh, head of the FBI, and he was U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York. You know, he prosecuted some big cases there. I think he did mob cases also. And then Andrew McCabe, who came up through the ranks, and I think he was uh, acting director of the FBI for about a minute, and then Trump fucked him over tried to steal his pension. Remember that? I that do. got restored eventually. But it, it did. Sure took a long time. It sure took a long time. Uh, but I just off the, don't you think that those two guys, that's what's so funny. You know, they didn't find anything. Either. I would say, yeah, those are the, I mean, there's nothing, I'm sorry. There's nothing controversial about those guys. These are the kind of guys you want to buy insurance from. These are the kind of guys that you want to meet with to open up a checking account. There's just, I mean, these are the most buttoned down, detail oriented oriented dudes on the planet. And there's the, right, right. Yes, they probably right. did their own taxes, and they probably sure. did them better than than the, the people we have have doing ours. No, he's like, course, that, 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 that's, not, that's not the relevant point in the end because no. Trump didn't care about that. Even if Trump thought that for a second, which he didn't, because no. he just thought these were remember they're crooked cops. So they were just, crooked cops. Well, let's just fuck. Let's just fuck with them any way we can. I mean, that's the Donald right. Trump thing. I mean, McCabe and 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 Comey are kind of like guys who are like, okay, I got your report, uh, Mister uh, Accountant, but I'm going to just double check your work just to make sure, just to see if the zeros are in place and the periods are. You know, they're the kind of guys that would do that kind of shit. But you're right. I mean, it's bona fide on its face. It's 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 just cheating and harassment and the kind of shit that supposedly we had decided a couple hundred years ago we did not want a king to do. 
right? We didn't want a king. We didn't want a king. We wanted a president, and we wanted some limitations to their power, like, I don't know, fucking with your tax returns. Seems like seems like that's something that we would have decided. Now, I know the word tax returns is not in the Constitution, as it was written by our founding fathers. I get that. I do understand that. <laughs> but... I believe it still, and, and under the limitations of powers of the of the executive branch, I think most people would agree. Eh, I don't want that to happen. I don't want the guy to go down the list and go fuck with this guy, fuck with this guy, him, her, him, her, him, her. Go do it. I, I think. Dream on, <laughs> idealist. Dream, dream on, dream on. Um, so I mean, there aren't enough investigators walking around to investigate all the shit associated with with uh, Donald Trump a one a one person crime wave I don't know how else to term it is that the Merrick uh, Garland problem is it like it's a such I don't know where to start it's like Golden Corral I don't know where I want to go first I have no idea okay that's the worst analogy ever <laughs> you're assuming that uh, there is there is nutritional benefit <laughs> by your choices at the Golden Corral, and you'll come out better on the other side no. for whatever choice you make. You're just eating. No, I don't compare that. To You're just box. throwing calories. I like the spaghetti, but there's fried chicken over there. Look, Salisbury steak. I don't know. I'll start with a salad. Meatloaf. I love meatloaf. Wait a minute, fries. See, you don't know where to go. Merrick Garland's got so many ways to go, but again, I still have faith. I may, I may be like Charlie Brown in the football. It may be like the Great Pumpkin, as I use all of my Charlie Brown analogies. But I, I believe Merrick Garland's going to get it done. He's a focused man. He's got the resources. And he's, you know, I think he's going to put a solid case together. And the January 6th committee is doing a fantastic job of, like, laying out everything very easily. I mean, stuff that he may or may not have known. Uh, I, I still think Merrick Garland's going to get it done. I may be in the minority on that. I don't know. I we have not bashed him on this uh, Brad and Brit podcast. We've been we've been holding back because number one, there's no benefit in jumping down his throat at this point. Not just by us, but by, but that that he said, you know, I'm going to be deliberate. I'm going to investigate this the way I've uh, had a pretty successful career as a as a uh, prosecutor and as a judge uh, for decades and decades and decades and. I learned uh, what I know at Harvard Law School. Lawrence Tribe was uh, one of his was one of his uh, uh, professors, as was the great Charles Freed, who uh, used to be a right wing Ronald Reagan professor, solicitor general, and now is one hundred percent on the correct side of uh, history and Trumpism, and. Uh, Good for him. Good for Charles Freed. He's one of the, the uh, more prominent guys on that on, on the train now. Good for him. I understand um, the frustration. I share the frustration with with people who share the same political idealism as we do. Uh, I'm I'm frustrated too. I would love for Donald Trump to be behind bars or at least on his way to behind bars. I would love for uh, the crew. Where do you want to talk about Cipollone or Giuliani or any of the other hee haw gang that helped orchestrate this thing? But I also understand that. You know, it takes a while to build a case. We're not we're not ordering a happy meal. This is a this is a difficult thing, and I I, I get it. But it is I mean it's frustrating because the guys the guys getting away in front of our eyes. It looks like the guys get away with bloody murder. Honest to God, day after day. Well, uh, I don't know how many weeks ago or whatever I said. Uh, 
you know, you know, I was always comparing this to a, a, a Columbo episode. And you know how Columbo went, right? You'd see the crime and then Columbo would spend the rest of the show being annoying and bugging the shit out of the perpetrator until the perpetrator folded and gave in and cried. was arrested at the end they, of the episode. Right? They cried in the fetal position on the floor because he finally just reduced them to dust. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I saw someone on, on the TV somewhere. I can't remember who, uh, which channel, but, but they brought up the whole Columbo thing. I thought, uh, shit, touchdown. There it is. Touchdown. I said that on the podcast a long most, time ago. The most uh, influential podcast. Fuck you, Joe Rogan. They're listening to us. They're paying yeah. attention. Fuck to you, us. Crooked Media. Yeah, we, we, we own but, the night. But, but on, on Columbo, you know, you would see, for purposes of the discussion, you would see actual video of the crime being committed. In this case, we already have certainly audio of a major crime being committed by Trump, which was the phone call to Brad Raffensperger in Georgia. That's right there. That is equivalent to the opening scene of, of a Columbo episode where you see the crime and then they and, and that's what frustrates everybody, because uh, this is not uh, an hour and a half of uh, episodic TV where. The crime's done, and then an hour and a half later, the guy is is hauled off to jail. With that being said, and making an unfair comparison to Watergate, which means I'm about to, they were um, a bit quicker um, in retrospect. Although, if you actually look at the calendar and you see how long, you know, remember, the Watergate burglary happened in June of 72. June That's of correct. 72. That's correct. And so uh, Nixon did not resign until August of 74. So, so what, that's what a, was happening in 73 and 74 and 75. People were like, oh, my God, I can't believe this shit's still going on. Or they were saying, haven't they got this son of a bitch yet? Right. That was happening in real time back in the 70s. Correct. Not, no, not in the same way. No, not, not in the same way. Because remember, we didn't have. Yeah. You know, on uh, June 20th, 1972, um, an audio tape of Nixon ordering the break in or trying to cover it's it true. up. It's true. We didn't have that. We didn't have the real connective tissue evidence that quickly, although uh, in the campaign of 1972, the presidential campaign. So remember, June 72, uh, Watergate burglary happens and. Uh, it takes a few days for it to become a, a big news story, and it, then it starts. Um, and instantly, Nixon and uh, the defenders of him in the press and elsewhere claimed, you know, it was it was a nothing, it, no big deal. Second-rate burglary with Nixon. You couldn't third connect rate. it. Nixon, a, blah blah. Right. Okay. Third-rate so, third burglary. Right. Well, he yeah he called it that later and. Uh, yeah, so they, they did a, a, a fairly good job early on, but as the campaign wound on and Nixon, you know, started to run the table against George McGovern by calling him a communist and a, an America-hating liberal um, and all the things that, uh, you know, you can just imagine. Everything you hear today, it was being said then, uh, maybe even worse. And, of course, who was... Who was Donald Trump's uh, number one and number two 
aides back then to help him fashion his message. Pat Buchanan and Roger Ailes. Yeah. Jesus. So, and by the way, uh, Pat Buchanan still alive. Roger Ailes very much dead and rotting in hell. So that's not bad. I mean, there's, there's some things that are going right for us. Right. But, but, and I think I've told you this story before. I did attend a rally in October in Dayton, Ohio, for okay. George McGovern. And at that point, he was way down in the polls. And uh, the other day, I was uh, able to, somebody did it. It's amazing what's on your internets, invented by Al Gore. Uh, there is audio of that entire rally um, on a very cold day in Dayton, Ohio, in October. And uh, contained within that rally was George McGovern saying that, Nixon needed to come clean on Watergate. I mean, it wasn't the main focus of his no. of his speech. There were a lot of other things that he was covering, and, and he was getting uh, slaughtered in the polls at the time, and it didn't look like he had much of a chance of winning, but it was a noble speech. It was well done. You can find it. It's not hard to find. Uh, George McGovern, Dayton, Ohio, 1972. Um, but I remember him mentioning that, and he did say that as he went around the country, and and. You know, there were people thinking that, you know, all right, so, okay, so we get to November of, of 72, and then Nixon gets reelected by a landslide. And uh, the reporting and the investigating continues, and the next thing you know, it's big enough that uh, you get these hearings. Um, but I do think at that point they accelerated a lot more quickly, and you know, Nixon did everything he could and got smoked in the uh, in the courts, not just in the Supreme Court, but in the lower courts. But there were and, uh, there were willing participants. There were willing participants in the media and elsewhere to go. Would you just get off the man's ass and let him do his job? Would you just stop harassing? Of course, that's going to be there. But you know, that started to fall away, and of course, we, you know, we know how the the story ended. With but the, I think the difference is that after Nixon knew he was going to get impeached and then convicted, resigned, and then got the pardon. Nixon didn't spend the rest of his life trying to infect the country with little Dick Nixons, with Nixonism. Uh, there is no, there is no lingering um, effect. He did, he did go through a, a great period of some uh, reputation um, rehabilitation. But, he tried to do that for a number right, of years. Right, but, but he, did, he didn't, he didn't uh, um, uh, have a bunch of other people around the country running for Secretary of State, Governor, Senator, and House of Representatives running as Nixon Republicans, okay? Right. That yeah. did not exist. And he wouldn't, exist. he would go to rallies and like, so, yeah, that's right. right. And, and, and remember, so Nixon resigns in, in August of 74, and then in the 1974 midterm elections, the Republicans got slaughtered. They got killed as they should have been. They were punished as a party for what Nixon yeah. did and what Nixon was caught doing and what Nixon tried to cover up. And then in the 1974 uh, midterms, you know, there, there you go. And That's then, it. And in 76, Gerald Ford had to pay for Richard Nixon's sins. And by 1980, it was all yeah. over. The Republicans Ford were back in charge. Ford, yeah, Ford got, got punished for uh, pardoning Nixon, uh, among other things. Um, huh. and, and so it, 
the comparisons are fun, but they're not identical. No. Um, History doesn't repeat, repeat itself, but, but it they, does. But they do uh, rhyme. They do rhyme. Yeah. But it, it, in, in terms of uh, the number of things that Trump has done and uh, probably continues to do, even as we speak during this podcast, there is no comparison to Nixon. Nixon, Nixon is in the pony leagues <laughs> compared to Donald Trump. Okay, N- Nixon didn't have children <laughs> running around like Ivanka Trump and Don Jr. Uh, on his behalf, pretending and lying for it. It's just, it's just so much worse now. And and this isn't a case of. Uh, uh, oh, you think it's worse now, but it was really be- worse than no, no, it's worse now. <laughs> Can we agree on that? I think so. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to have been alive then to know that uh, that we're in we're in special territory here. We're really, really in special territory. We're in great peril, and um, just the fact that the phrase "he should never be allowed to run for office again" reverberates in so many different ways. And the fact that he actually believes, and I would assume this is true. Tell me if you think that I'm that he really believes that if he were to declare himself a candidate for election in 2024, that that would confer some kind of fear within Merrick Garland to level charges at him. If the justice department finds what we think they're going to find and what has already been presented by the congressional committee that would seem to be just plenty. He's already done enough to uh, merit uh, charges, to merit indictment. The Trump really believes that that's going to be the difference. And if you want to, if you want to be idealistic here and, and, and really be on the Merrick Garland train and you know his record, I think you got to think he's going to indict because he knows his reputation is on the line as much as anybody else's. That he doesn't want to go down in history as the guy who had 25 mountains of evidence dumped on him and dumped on the Justice Department and then investigated it and found it was all true and then decided, quote, unquote, if I hear this phrase ever uttered, it's going to be trouble. For the good of the country... We're not going to indict an ex-president because that would be too banana republic-like. No, what's already happened is banana republic-like. And the only way to excise that, and I hope that Pat Cipollone, when he testifies on Friday uh, in front of the committee, which we don't get to see, but we'll know what he said, I hope that the ghost of John Dean is in the room. In fact, they should bring John fucking Dean in there as a, as a counsel to the committee. They can do that, right? They can bring in anybody they want. And and he should ask Cipollone, based on what we've heard that you've said, you, was there a cancer on the presidency? Don't you feel equivalent to I the mean, cancer I, on the presidency that I announced publicly I, at the I, Watergate hearings? I love you with right. the water. I love you with the Watergate references, but don't you feel like you get a massive eye roll to anybody under fifty every time they try to throw some sort of Watergate comparison at this thing? No, I think no. so. I think that there's a lot of people like I just please shut 
the fuck about Watergate. Please, I please quit trying to make the, it's, yes. this is like yes. that. And he's like, you're this. right. They, they don't care about that. They're too busy planning their civil war reenactment <laughs> it's cute. Uh, uh, campaign and, and uh, meeting this weekend with their with their redneck brothers in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> but, you right. know, about something that happened 150 years. That that lives. That was always dead. No, water is always alive. That was always that was always the humorous thing about the people that like to wave the Confederate flags around. They would always tell the black people, get over the slavery thing. Well, wait, you're not over the losing thing. It's very interesting. We take you to uh, Great Britain where Boris Johnson has decided he is finally going to resign after hemming and hawing and saying, I will step down from the party, but not the post. And finally, he has said, now I'm going to no longer be the uh, prime minister of Great Britain. We have some unfortunate situations over here in the United States as well, where there are a lot of people who identify themselves as pro-choice who feel that Joe Biden has not shown up for the game, Brad, following that Supreme Court decision from a couple of weeks ago. And they are extremely disappointed. I know you've seen some of the uh, fallout from that conference call that the communications folks put together and actress Deborah Messing, best known for her role in Will and Grace, Grace Adler, I believe, was the name of the character on that show, who has been someone who is supportive and who has campaigned for Joe Biden, was completely frustrated because it was the most fatalistic uh, conference call that you can imagine. Uh, and additionally, Joe Biden was all set to go ahead, even following this decision, to appoint a pro-life Republican to a federal judgeship, which doesn't send the best message to the supporters. Let me ask you this. If Joe Biden faced a vote of no confidence among the Democratic Party, and I understand that's not how we do things here in America, so there's no need to explain that, would Joe Biden be able to uh, survive a vote of no confidence among Democrats right now? Well, you you answered the question within the the question with the answer, which is we don't have that system. And uh, you always get to lean on, you know, two years is a long time. Brit. what what is true today may not be true six weeks, six months from now, certainly a year and a half from now. So you have to. And, and so our system is not as uh, quickly reactive to throw out the uh, the leader of the country. We have to wait for the uh, four year cycle to come up, but we, we talked about something similar um, a couple days ago, different topic, but same idea here. I, and I posted a big, long Facebook rant about how disappointed I was. And the word disappointed is a great one. That's a great euphemism for pissed off. Disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> um, Joe Biden coming out late in the afternoon on um uh, the 4th of July, Monday, and making this boilerplate 4th of July, rah, rah, same speech any president could give at any time, and mentioning in about six words the thing that was on everyone's mind at that moment, especially people all across the country who were about to head out to 4th of July celebrations with fireworks in large gatherings, and all he said late in the afternoon on the day that uh, Crispo killed, is it eight right now? Eight people and wounded 20 or so, whatever right. the number is in, in, uh, in Illinois. All Biden said was, you all heard what happened today. And then he moved on. He didn't say anything more. That, that, really, that really clicked in with me as him 
The he got. The Brit, he Brit, say, the I, I'm sad to say this, and and you know we we've, we've known it's true. Um, the communications team, by the way, the, the communications team. The communications team later on in the afternoon did shove him back out to make a more a full statement, which yeah, is too late. Yeah, it's, it's not, not matter. It's not you a know, great look. What's it's the rule on that, Brett? What is the rule? If I have to tell you, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. No, I, I, I think it's time to start saying the quiet part out loud. I, I, I love what he has done for this country and what he has represented, and I think he's been a good president. But we're two years out. And in order to get a presidential, a nationwide campaign rolling, you would be behind the eight ball if you started today. You have to get boots on the ground in Iowa, New Hampshire, New South Carolina, and all of those places. And it's what well, we, we need to start talking about this. Well, well but put, put aside the, the mechanics. The, I'll give you the, what I think are the arguments against him saying, right now, I'm not running in uh 2024 and i think this is a lame argument then he's automatically a lame duck well so what you know what lame duck presidents have when they're lame duck voluntarily they have freedom they have freedom to not be encumbered by having to worry about what they're doing affects their election but here's the problem there isn't there hasn't been a midterm uh, grade card issued to Joe Biden yet. And if he were to, for instance, now even hint that he's not running. And again, this is not me speaking. This is the stupidity of the American people. Right. They would say, well, if Biden isn't even going to run, why should I vote for Democrats in 2022? There is no sense. There is no logic to that sentence. There's no logic to that sentence. Yet it is true. Right. That's correct. That's of course, somebody, that, that would be a zeitgeist. Right. However, on the other side of this, um, if he were to say that, this would certainly open up the field to people right now to stop playing footsie, to stop pretending, to stop lying, and to start saluting Joe Biden and start to, to applaud him for what he has done, which is relieve this country of Trumpism in the Oval Office. And for that, he is a historic president because he may have been, it's likely he was the only person who could have dispatched Donald Trump in 2020, and that ain't no small thing. It's not. But Joe is just not agile enough mentally in terms of his public presentation, and that's what we go by. If Joe Biden, and I think this is actually true, when he's by himself or when he's reading or when he's thinking about things, he's fine. But as you get older, you are not as articulate. Many people aren't. That doesn't mean they've got dementia. It doesn't mean they're senile. That's just the way it is. That's correct. And when you, when you match up, against someone who is quicker on their feet and more articulate, uh, particularly, for instance, in a debate. Uh, and I'm assuming that Trump won't be the candidate that that uh, um, Joe Biden would have to, to debate against. But if it's a much younger person, that's going to be real problematic for him, because, again, that wouldn't be for another uh, two years 
And if you think Joe is rocking now, uh, let's add a, two more years on the, on the tread. And uh, it's not going to get better. It doesn't get better. And this is pathetic. I can't believe this country has leaders at the top who are essentially 80 octogenarians, I believe, is the uh, word for them. Right. Nancy Pelosi, 82. Steny Hoyer, 78. Joe Biden, what are they, 78. Trump, 76. Uh, Mitch McConnell, 512. I mean, it, it just doesn't stop. The fucking airline pilot has been retired for 15 years to reach the age that Joe Biden is right now. If you won't let a, a, a someone fly a plane after they're 60, is it 62 or 65? One of those, two, you know, in a large commercial planes, um, then we should not have the people making the most crucial decisions about our country that age. It's, it's just a... It's a sad fact. It's it's a sad. I hate to talk about this. I hate the subject. You you hate it, but it's I do just too. true. But you, you have to say the quiet part out loud right now. And I, if we're going to move on from Joe Biden, we got to figure out who it's going to be. If it's going to be Elizabeth Warren, or if it's going to be Gavin Newsom, or if it's no, going to be she's Corey as fucking old as he is. I'm aware. She's as old as him. I'm completely aware. Uh, you know, we 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 got to talk about who who's going to replace him. It has to happen. Brit, who, who, uh, what other name is lurking back there that seems to Hillary Clinton? We don't need to yeah, I would say that would be a and massive. Again, that's a massive mistake for the Democratic Party. Well, again, but you know, is she actually the best candidate? Of course she is, but that's not the point. She will have more age prejudice against her as a candidate. than anybody in the history of the world. It would not be fair. Wait a minute. You elect old men, but she's... And and when you see Hillary Clinton speak, she's 100% there. And to me, she's as quick and agile as she's ever been. But does that matter? No. No, because everything we're saying about Joe Biden, whatever degree of truth there is to it, would be stuck on Hillary Clinton by fuck-ass, fuck-face, fox-fucking news and the rest of them. More than you know. And by the way, one last thing, and I'm glad you brought it up. Um, when when uh, we were getting ready to, to, to go here, this would be 1 o'clock p.m. on Thursday. I did a super check on the three news channels. Yeah. And uh, this will tell you exactly why things are the way they are. Um, both MSNBC and CNN uh, were covering the resignation of uh, Boris Johnson in Britain. Big story, huge story, international story. Well, what were they doing on Fox? They were going hot and heavy on the story of the guy who worked in the bodega um, in Manhattan yeah. who grabbed a knife to defend himself because this guy, this uh, ex-con, was uh, in there trying to kill him because the guy who owns the bodega turned down the uh, guy with the knife, turned down the uh, wife who was uh, trying to buy uh, some things with uh, food stamps or whatever they're called, EBTs now. He said, we will take those. So she got mad and she went home and she brought her boyfriend back and he started to attack the guy and the guy killed him in self-defense with his own knife and they've arrested this guy and charged him in New York. 
He's not allowed to claim self-defense, or at least the prosecution so far is not buying that. He was just sitting there behind the counter. So on Fox, that's the perfect story. That's the perfect, oh, there's the woke fucking prosecutor who won't let a man defend himself against a thug who right. is trying to kill him. Plus, there's, there's, there's food rhythm. stamps involved. There's food stamps involved, too. So there's, there's everything. And, and he's, a, he's a criminal. And the guy's a criminal record, the whole thing. And this poor schmuck is now sitting in Rikers Island charged with second-degree murder. That's the Fox top story of the hour. You've always got the other two. It's Boris Johnson. So what are the boys going to be talking about down at the VA tonight? Yeah. Well, it's and, and all, on Fox, to be fair, you have several. I mean, the, you, you have default positions when it comes to distracting stories. One of them is the hordes of Mexicans that are invading the oh, United yeah. States. Always, that, always that there. Hour. That was in the previous hour. Don't <laughs> always, worry. Always on the shelf. Easy to grab. It's right there. You it's got that. One. You also got you, you got transgender people playing sports. That's all. I mean, that's another one that's right there on the shelf. The expiration date isn't there. That's all true. But 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 the, the, it's the broader point here that that they will always 100 percent of the time always go from the cheap seats to push whatever emotional buttons they know their core audience lives by which is woke, immigration, transgender, all those things that you just yeah. mentioned. Right. And so it's the, stuff that it's the stuff that's threatening to white people. And we can kind of update our top story. The IRS has asked the Treasury Department's Inspector General to, to ask and review, why did Comey and McCabe get those audits? Why, why did that happen when it was so far-fetched that both of them would be audited. So, yeah, there is going to be apparently an inform a, a formal investigation from the Treasury Department as to how this happened. Uh, may, may I give you the uh, the, uh, the the uh, Southern guy right winged response yeah. to that? Yeah, that's all they got, huh? That's the best they can do, huh? <laughs> oh man, they are desperate. The Democrats <laughs> are getting their asses kicked, and now they're they're claiming Trump. Trump would never do that kind of shit. <laughs> Who knows about tax audits, unfair ones more than Trump? He would never do that to any. Get the fuck out of my studio. <laughs> <Get out. laughs> 